I'm Mel Stewart, and this is the GMM Takeover of the Swim Swam Podcast. Joining us today is a very, very, very special guest, five-time Olympic medalist, movie star, television star, host of the most watched video on Swim Swam, How to Make a Swimmer Bond, and a USA Swimming Foundation ambassador. I'm talking about Missy Franklin. Hi, Mel. Thank you so much for having me. Looking for the latest swim technology from the fastest brands? Find the right suit for you with Swim Outlet's 2020 Tech Suit Review. Available now at swimoutlet.com slash blog. Is your, is your husband appearing on the podcast? Um, today, he is not. He is currently downstairs working out. So it is just me flying solo today. I, I'm, I'm glad he's not. He makes me feel insecure. He's so good looking. And I, and I just want to make sure that we're okay been married to him for over a year now and I still look at him and I'm like wow how how are you this good looking stop it stop stop it can you stop being good looking that's the, <laughs> that's what I'm going to say to him next time I see him the uh, so we have a lot to cover today we have a short amount of time and uh we're going to cover we're going to cover uh saving lives building champions really about saving lives and just as as a as an at the outset if you're if you're listening to this on a download maybe you're not watching it on video Pop over to usaswimming.org forward slash saving lives, usaswimming.org uh, forward slash saving lives. And uh, we're going to get into that, but we have to address something. We have to address an elephant in the room. We have to go there. And I'm going to explain it this way. This is where I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, Missy's probably aware of this. She's sort of like, you know, you fly too close to the sun, it'll burn you up. Um, we report on Missy Franklin. I basically sit at my desk and I sweat because uh, I'm dealing with my developers because my site starts to go down because so many people start loading on. And you had a feature in, in People Magazine and we, we picked it up and reported on it and people lost their minds. They went nuts. Yeah. They went nuts. So it's a, and, and I, I'm reading it and I'm like, I have perspective on it, but it's, you, you said something. You said, hey, you know what? I into my career, shoulders, had, I had issues and I'm not back in the water. I'm working outside the water. I'm supporting swimming. But I wanted to give you an opportunity to say, hey, this is, in, in print, it was one way, but like, do you, I don't know if you want to put it another way. No, I'd be happy to. I just got such a kick out of it because just like you said, there was kind of an uproar about people being so worried about my shoulders and that they were injured. And I was just laughing because I was like, guys, you know, this is why I retired, right? Like, this, this is not new news by any means. Like, I suffered my shoulder injury in 2016 at the Mesa Grand Prix. Like, went through my bilateral shoulder surgeries, went through all the process of trying to rehab. Like, I, like, and I guess I totally want to be understanding, too. I know that for people that aren't in the swimming community, that might be totally brand new news. But it was just so, it was so funny. But I was also really taken aback by the response that I got. I mean, I had so many people reach out, giving me suggestions, putting me in contact with acupuncturists and doctors and PTs and like people that genuinely cared and really wanted me to be better. So I was blown away by that. But I think the really big main takeaway is that Yes, I, I retired because of swimming. I didn't get the surgeries that I need. So yes, when I do swim these days, it still hurts, 
but I don't have to push through it. I can get in, go 20, 30 minutes easy, pop out, and then if it hurts in any other workout, I can just stop or modify. So I am doing just fine. My quality of life is amazing. So I so appreciate the concern, but I am doing, I am doing just fine. <laughs> to, it's a, to put it in context, it's like you're, we're, so we're, you know, we're talking to Missy Franklin. You know, if you talk to uh, Missy Franklin or Rowdy Gaines, or you talk to any, anybody who's, there's just a long list of athletes and they're, they, you, when you, when you swim this long at the, at an elite level, you're putting a lot of stress on your body and it's not the normal, it's not the normal existence. You're pushing yourself to the edge. And I've, I've, I've found that a lot of athletes will say, yeah, you know, I have, I have some, I have, they have, it's usually shoulders and they do swim, but they don't push hard, but they're swimming basically just to maintain some muscle mass to keep the shoulder mm -hmm. balanced. Yeah. Is that, is that an accurate assessment? I think so. I think, you know, just like you said, after a long period of time, we do put so much strain and pressure on our bodies that we're going to see, you know, no matter what, we're going to see that fatigue. We're going to make sure that we're doing our exercises. And that's why I feel like it's so important to talk to young swimmers about preventative exercises because that's huge. I don't think it's ever too early to be doing band work, resistant work, things that are really just going to help maintain that shoulder strength. And, you know, with me actually sustaining an injury and then having to push it is a little bit of a different scenario. But then I think after the sport, it's the best part about swimming, right? It's so low impact. It's often the physical recovery for a lot of injuries from other sports. So we still have a place that even if we're working through some things, it's the best place to do it. We have that low impact. We kind of control our effort, our intensity. So I definitely see a lot of swimmers kind of post, you know, when they're in their swimmer life, still getting in and just kind of making sure, you know, it's a great way to just get some good work in, some full body exercise, but at whatever intensity that you feel like your body needs. Swimming is a magic elixir. It does save you. It's good for mental health. It, it keeps oh, you balanced. Yeah. It's uh, every day that you swim. Online therapy. <laughs> That's right. It's every day you swim is a better day than when you don't. But the uh, so I, I, I have one more question. I have, I have to have some some Missy. We have to have some Missy crackling light. I have to so just for our for our platform because I know that swim swam readers want it. You know there there is um, when I think about you and I think about how how quickly your star rose and. It's, it seems like you were you were an ambassador from the very beginning. It's like 12, 13, 14. It was like, wow, we all knew who you were. We were all on that journey with you. Mm -hmm. And you were so happy all the time. And you were so, you were on message. And that was, uh, was that hard? Was it hard to, to, to do that? Was it, was it, was it a joy? Was it, it, it seemed, it's at times to me, it seemed like I'm like, all right, she's, this is not the easiest thing in the world. She's, it seems like, it seems like you had the struggles that every swimmer has and, and uh, you, you shouldered it really well. But so my question is, what was that like behind the scenes? You know, it was 99% joy. I mean, and I think hopefully that's why people felt like they could relate to me so well throughout my career was because that was never inauthentic. I mean, that joy, that happiness, that swimming brought me, that was so, so real. And I think for me, the 1% the that was hard were, you know, the days where 
I'm not happy. You know, the days where I am sad or frustrated or feel impatient. And those are the days where it's hard to be positive. And I, I really try to get that across when I talk to young athletes and just people these days too, that being positive, it's not an easy thing. I think there's a misconception that people are either born really positive or they're not. And if you're a really positive person, that everything just comes easy. And that's so not the case. The way I describe it is positivity is like a muscle. You have to work at it. You have to keep getting it stronger. You can't just, you know, work that one muscle group for a week and then be like, okay, I'm done. Now I'm going to be positive for the rest of my life. You know, that's not how it works. And so there's days where it's really hard to be positive, but I was raised and just innately who I am, I'm still going to choose to be positive. So even on those days where I think you noticed it was probably a little bit harder for me to be positive, it was, but I was still choosing to take that optimistic perspective in those times. And that's how you have a 2012 Olympics and a 2013 world championships. That was like, whoa, that was extraordinary. <laughs> Thank you. It's so pe people do come up to me and they, they whisper behind the scenes. They're like, and it was our peers. It was our, you know, uh, people who had won Olympic medals from the seventies, eighties and nineties. And they're like, is this real? Is she really this happy? And, uh, and I, you know, I, for a first few years, I didn't know, I wasn't sure I'm, I'm watching, I'm like a fly on the wall and I'm watching. And I, and at a certain point, I'm, it was my opinion. I was like, no, this is real. She's, and I felt like it's because your parents were, I think you had really great parents. They're just, um, sweet people. And like, it's like, they did their job well. <laughs> they did. They are, they are truly, truly the best. And it's funny. Cause I would get that all the time too. Um, people that would come up to me and literally ask me face to face, like, are you really that happy? Like I even had a couple teammates that came to stars, um, that would start training with us. And I remember, I'll never forget this conversation. I'd been training with one for a couple of months and we were in the locker room just getting changed. And she looked at me and she was like, I have to be honest with you. I thought it was all an act. Like I, I really didn't believe that you were this happy and that you enjoyed what you were doing so much. But now being here, training with you, you know, being at practice with you and Todd, it, it wasn't. Like that was all real. And that was always so funny to me because it almost blew my mind that people thought that it wasn't real because it was always so real to me. And it was like, how can people think that this isn't really who I am? It's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's consistent. We see it in society. We see, a lot of, we see a lot of stars. We see a lot of people with high net worths. We see a lot of people who have a lot of achievement. And it seems like they, they've got it figured out. And you figured it out early on. And the beauty is that, you know, you, 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 you're, you're an icon for the rest of your life. And you have this great platform. And you're now, you know, you're USA Swimming Foundation ambassador. And, I, and, I, and when I think now, now three decades past my Olympics, I look at what USA Swimming is doing. And I look at, at their, their mission to save lives. And uh, I know it started in 2004. Rowdy started it back in 2004. Golden Goggles was our big award show, and it supported this this mission. And it's grown so much. And uh, so, where are we right now? Because we're in the midst of COVID, and uh, I know that mothers and fathers out there they have kids, they need to learn how to swim, they need this life saving skill. And frankly, it seems like a challenge. It's like my my I'm an empty nester. My daughter's gone. But this was this was this was a very big concern when we were raising our daughter, when she was one, two years old, we're like, she's got to learn how to swim. Where, where do we stand now? 
So I think what the USC Swimming Foundation is trying to do right now is, you know, these are really unprecedented times, right? We've heard that a million times already. And normally what we do every year is the Make a Splash Tour with Philip 66. And we travel all around the country. We go to different pools, different cities, and we bring awareness to swim lessons and the importance of swim lessons in reducing drowning rates, which are still huge in our country. And we're not doing that this year, right? We can't travel city to city, state to state and host big events. So I'm so proud of the foundation because they were really able to create something that's like, hey, we can't forget about this. Like we cannot forget to teach our children how to swim despite everything else that's going on. And so they created this brand new campaign, which is so amazing. And it's saving lives is always in season. And it's essentially just to bring awareness and to encourage parents, caregivers, families, that you know, hey, just because it's not summer, just because it might be a little bit harder, take a little bit more work to figure out what pools are open near you, how to get in there, you still need to teach your help children how to swim. It is still so, so, so important. So we're really just trying to bring awareness and help people find the resources that they need to tell them, hey, get your kid in the pool. Like it may be winter, I'm looking outside right now, we've got six inches of snow on the ground. You can still swim when there's snow on the ground. Like please, please, please don't wait until next May to get your kids either in the water Otter or in lessons because I think a big fear that I have is a lot of kids that weren't able to get lessons or have that same access to pools that they did in this last year, they're going to grow so much in this next year, physically, psychologically, emotionally. So when the pool time comes around next summer, they may feel way more confident and just ready to run headfirst and jump into a pool without the necessary lessons and experiences that they would have missed out on this past summer. So we're really just trying to tell people like, hey, you can still do this. There are still so many precautions and protocols in place to keep lessons safe for you and your children. So please, you know, do that research. We have access on that on our website you just mentioned, where you can find pools that are open near you. So we try to take a lot of the work out of the process for you, but don't kind of put off getting your kid in lessons just because this year has been bananas. Website uscswimming.org forward slash saving lives. And just to, you know, to, to put a button on that, put a period on that, drowning is the second leading cause of accidental death for kids under the age of 14. Research has shown that formal swimming lessons reduce the risk of childhood drowning by 88%. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, the big question is at what age did you learn how to swim? Oh my gosh, I was in the water at six months. I am a firm believer that no age is too early. My mom put me in, I think I'm sure a lot of people know this story, but my mom never learned how to swim. And so she's still very timid around the water. So she put me in a mommy and me class at our local YMCA when I was six months old. And there's another statistic, Mel, that just blows my mind. And it's that if the parents of a family don't know how to swim, there's only a 19% chance that any child in that same household is gonna learn how to swim. So this fear of swimming is generational. I mean, it's really something that gets passed down. So for my mom to kind of face her fear and put me in the water because she didn't want me to feel like that, I mean, my life could look very, very different if she did not do that. So I think honestly, no age is too early. And if you're a parent, a caregiver, a sibling, 
get in there with them. I mean, make it fun, make it engaging, make it really quality time together. And even if we're not able to do that in full right now, you know, just getting your children in lessons, no matter where they're at is, is so crucial. The interesting thing about learn to swim is it's changed over the decades. When I was a kid, I learned to swim. Charlotte Whiteside taught me how to swim. And I'll ask you who taught you how to swim if you know their name. And if you don't, shame on you. Charlotte Whiteside taught me how to swim at the YMCA in Gastonia, North Carolina. And I was the, the kid who was gripping the ladder and they had to pry my fingers off. And the water was like 78 degrees and I was freezing and turning blue. But now... Learn to Swim is, is a really professionalized industry, and it is a situation where you go to a warm pool, and it's a gentle intake, and uh, the step process, it's, 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 it is a joyful, it's a joyful process of learning how to swim and, and, and learning this life-saving skill. So, who taught you how to swim? <laughs> Her name was Jeanette. I don't know her last name. I'm so sorry. I hope that doesn't make me a horrible person. But she was at our local athletic club. Um, and I actually, she's still there. So I still see her all the time, which is so amazing. She's like the sweetest woman ever. But I think you bring up such a good point too. Like I think especially if you're a parent, you might have like traumatic memories of learning how to swim. And it is so different now. I'm actually, I've been teaching at Swim Labs, which has been so fun. I'm also an for Safe Splash, and they both do learn to swim. So I don't do learn to swim yet, but I actually want to learn how because I think it's such an amazing skill to know how to teach that. So I'm doing actual swimmers at this point, but there's always learn to swim lessons going around. And it's so fun to look over and just see the little kids, whether it's baby, baby, babies, or anywhere up to three, four, five, six years old that are having so much fun that are playing, but that are also learning and seeing their progress. And so it's just, it's really, fun to see that and realize just like you said that learning to swim can be something that your kid really looks forward to it can be a highlight of their week <laughs> yeah, the, the beauty of USA swimming is that they they really have they've done a great job of maintaining a relationship with anybody who's ever represented team USA yeah. and that's been for years and years and years and now under CEO Tim Henshey um, it's it that 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 engagement is, is spreading to everybody who's ever been a registered swimmer and, and, and is a part of the USA swimming family. But it's, uh, but they've done a particular great job of staying connected to Olympians. And when I, when I talk to our peers there, uh, they really care about this. And, but they always ask me a question. They're like, does USA swimming want, do they, they want everyone to learn the life-saving skills so they'll be on the swim team. And I said, you know, I want them to, and, uh, and the message I've gotten back from the governing body is one that I have a lot of respect for. And the res it is, no, this is our charity, and this is about saving lives. And, if, you know, and we, we are aware that this initiative may actually get kids in the pool, teach them a life-saving skill. They might do it for a few years and then go to another sport, but they're going to be safe, they're going to be stronger, and they're going to be happy. Yeah. And I don't think anyone's ever said that, but that is, a, that is a true behind-the-scenes piece of information. I, have you been pulled aside and told this? I'm just curious. No, I, I have been. And I also think it's kind of almost an unspoken value of the foundation that our main goal 100% of the time is to save lives. That is what we're here to do. And USA Swimming supports that 100%. And it's exactly like you said, you know, we want our kids as safe as possible in the water. So we want them to learn. If they love it and they want to keep doing it, great. 
If they don't and they want to go to basketball or volleyball or soccer, guess what? You've taught them a life skill that they'll have for the rest of their life. So great. Go on, do whatever you love. And I think that's honestly the approach that I hope comes across too, because we also don't want people signing up for swim lessons and thinking, well, now I'm in, like I'm here for the rest of my life. There's no going back. No, as long as you're in here, you learn how to be as safe as you possibly can around the water. Cause we also believe there's no such thing as being totally water safe. You can always learn, you can always grow and then do what you love. You know, I think that's something that we all feel really passionate about as well. We just want to make sure that we're giving people and children the tools that they need in order to have that 88% risk in drowning. I find this interesting. Uh, I've, I've gone to people's houses and, uh, you know, everybody swims, they enjoy the water. You know, you learn how to swim. You're not just getting a life-saving skill. You've learned this skill that is going to be an enjoyment for until you die, because this is something you can do until you die. You don't have to compete. You, you can have fun for the rest of your life and, and recreation. But I'll go to someone's house and I might, I'll look in their backyard pool and they'll be swimming or their kid will be swimming and no one's there. And, and I'm a little bit alarmed. Yeah. And I'm a little bit, and, I, and so I've, you know, I've asked my wife about this. She was a non, she wasn't a, a competitive swimmer. And she's like, yeah, I'll swim. I would swim. And I'm like, I won't swim. If there is not someone on deck watching me, I don't get in the water and actually go back and forth and do laps. Is that, have, have you, do you, I've talked to a few peers and they have the same opinion. Are you, are you that way? I, I, I think, I mean, it's so weird. I think I'm trying to figure that out right now, you know, in a transitional phase kind of coming out of swimming my whole life. I think that's a time for a lot of people to just figure out, okay, now what role is swimming going to play for me? You know? And so I think I, I don't know if I would ever go to the pool alone right now and just swim. When Hayes comes with me, I love it. When the two of us are there together, I really enjoy having that experience with him. So I think for me, it's become so much more about community as well. And that was always, like Mel, you know this, that was always one of my favorite parts about swimming was the team and just that aspect and doing things together and pushing through things together and fighting for goals together. And so I think that's still a huge part of my kind of my headspace now with swimming is that if I'm going to do it, I really want to do it with other people to just enjoy that together. And I think especially doing it with swimmers as well, there's just this huge appreciation that you have, not only for the sport and everything that it taught you, but honestly for yourself and kind of everything that you pushed through and everything that you did kind of during your career. So it, it really holds a special place in your heart kind of after you're done and you're transitioning into a bit of a different place with it. I bungled that question. <laughs> I did. I bungled the question. This was, this was my point. I bungled the answer. No, you didn't. You didn't. You never bungle any answer. You're always perfect. Um, the, the, I, I messed it up. The, the, I'll just say this. I am, I do respect swim and I do respect the water. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've, you know, even as an elite, I'm, I have had moments where I've been a little bit scared because I've had a cramp. Uh, I, I do respect it. I do think that someone needs to be on deck watching. I just have a lot of respect for the water. And I know that you're going to have a life-saving skill. You have, that's your, that's what you do, but it's, uh, I think you need to respect the water. The first line of defense is got to learn how to swim. But I found that elite swimmers, that some that I've talked to are like, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm aware. They've, they've been in the ocean or they've been somewhere and they've, they're, they're, uh, they're like, you know, you need to have somebody, you need to have somebody watching you. You need to be, you need to be safe. You got to be safe around water. 
Totally. And that's why we talk about never being fully water safe, right? You know, even as a five-time Olympic gold medalist, it's like, hey, if I'm going out into the ocean, into an unpredictable body of water, you bet I'm going to tell multiple people, hey, here's where I'm going. This is where I'm going to be swimming. Can you keep eyes on me at all time? And it's honestly the same in a pool as well. There should always be a lifeguard on deck. If you're a parent, no matter how much experience your kid has, please put down your phone when they're in the water you need to be watching them at all times it's so important to have that awareness around the water really no matter what kind of swimming capability you or your children have if, if i'm a if i'm a, a parent of, of, of a kid and and, I, and I, this is in the back of my head i, I know they I've, I've got you've got to you've got to make sure that they have this life-saving skill um and you know i'm going to usaswimming.org forward slash saving lives you know, are there, there are there tools that it's that that you you're going to get from the website that, that that give you what you need to get to a local swim lessons provider. Yes, there are. So I think one of our best tools on that site is if you put in your location, it's going to bring up all the nearest pools to you that you can go and get swim lessons, which is amazing. And they. I really want to encourage people right now too, because I know that with the state of everything that's going on in our country, things look like they're getting a little bit worse. And if you don't feel comfortable, call that pool ahead of time and see what precautions are in place. Because right now they are doing so much to make it as safe as possible. You have your kid ready to go dressed, cap, goggles, suit before they walk in. So they don't use the locker rooms. Whenever they're not in the water, they're going to be wearing their mask any instructor if they're not in the water they're going to be wearing their mask their PPE there's disinfecting of all of the um, anything that's being touched all of the stations there's no um, kind of loitering around it's just you walk in you have your lesson you walk out so they maintain social distancing the whole time there are so many amazing things that pools are doing to try and stay open and to make sure that we still are able to have that opportunity for children to get in and get lessons right now Everybody's on the page, everybody's on script, and they're aware of what's going on. And, and the interesting thing is that this was the this was one of the biggest concerns when we had the, the shutdown. It's uh, I, I immediately heard from a lot of peers who are who own uh, lessons programs, who own lessons franchises. I heard from um, uh, Camille Adams. Mm -hmm. I heard from Davis Tarwater. Davis Tarwater owns a bunch of swimming schools, and he's like, "Look, this is you know." I'm, he's okay. Like they're okay. They've they've got plenty of liquid to to run their business. But their concern was, wow, this is a this is a hole in the market, and this is dangerous. Chris yeah. DeYoung, he's also a national team member. He uh, he has eighty five swimming swimming schools. Oh my goodness! So we got we have a lot of we got a lot of close peers who are who are closely tied to this. Tom Dolan is also another big iconic uh, Olympic champion, and he owns the Tom Dolan swim schools. Lenny Kraselberg. Um, we had a group of of, uh, of these lessons providers who are who also have Olympic backgrounds, and they, they to USA Swimming's credit, they pulled them into a meeting very very early on and said, "Hey, first line of defense, let's let's do this." Yeah. Running out of time. If you're out there and, and you're and you're listening, guys, remember go to usaswimming.org forward slash saving lives. We are here with five-time Olympic champion, Missy Franklin, and I want to talk to her for the next six hours, but I'm not allowed <laughs> to because, Shoot. because because she has to do other things in her life. What do you, so, so share, so what, are you doing something fun? What are you doing in your life? Before we, before we sign off, give us, tell us what you're doing that, that's positive. 
Oh my gosh. Well, so much. I think right now it's really fun because I'm working a lot with USC Swimming Foundation just to bring awareness to the campaign. So doing a lot of kind of awareness and bringing about attention for that. Um, a lot of working with my other companies that is, it's just been so fun and so lovely and everyone's just getting so creative and how, you know, we can still push out content and how we can still, you know, come together and be a family during all this. So a lot of work with them. I'm teaching Pure Bar, which is so fun because absolutely nothing to do with swimming whatsoever. So I kind of love having something in my life that is totally separate, um, but it's an amazing group of women and to kind of empower them and be empowered by them is, is so fun. And guys too, we have guys come take, which is awesome. And honestly, just being a wife, being a dog mom, being a daughter, all my favorite things. So doing my best, the best I can in all those areas. And just, I know 2020 has been hard, but um, Hayes and I, our word for kind of our relationship that's really permeated everything is just be present. So even though it has been hard and I know there's a lot of can't wait for 2020 to be over and I don't mean to undermine what people have been going through. I know that this year has been so hard and Hayes and I have been so privileged in what, you know, the resources we've had in order to deal with it. But I still think remembering we have two more months of this year and I know people are ready for it to be over, but I'm still determined to wring out as much good from 2020 as I possibly can. Are you going to go to Olympic trials and Olympic games? I hope so. I would love to. Um, I would really, really like to go. I know Hayes would as well. Uh, we just started um, Swim Swag, which is like, I know we did an interview with you about it, um, which is our apparel company, our hat company. And so we're hoping that we can go and have like a Swim Swag booth at trials, which would be so fun. Uh, fingers crossed, but we'll see. I feel like so much can happen in between now and then, but that's, that's the dream. But of course, just getting to see everyone means so much. That's the hardest part about retiring is you don't get to see any of your best friends anymore. <laughs> well, most people stick around for the podcast because usually the last five minutes are the most fun. And I'm just going to say this. After you've won and going to your Olympics after that and not competing is a really nice thing. It's really nice to go to the Olympics and just do appearances, see old friends, eat a lot of great meals. And, uh, a little, and bit I, a little bit of a different atmosphere than what we're used to. <laughs> you are going to, you're going to, this is your, this, this will be your, this is going to be the one. This is the one where you get to go and just be Missy Franklin and have fun. And I'm, I'm so excited for you. Thank you so much, Mel. I can't wait.